Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. This is a HeadGum Podcast. This is Emily, Henley, and Sammy, and you're listening to Too Scary Didn't Watch. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Too Scary Didn't Watch, the horror movie recap podcast for those too scared to watch for themselves. I'm Emily, and I am too scared to watch scary movies. I'm Sammy, and I love watching scary movies, and so I watch them so that you don't have to. We are missing Henley today. Ugh, I hate it. Missing her dearly. I hate it. The only thing keeping me going is that we are going to get to see her tomorrow. Sorry, guys. Sorry, listeners. What brag. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Henley is in Los Angeles. Very exciting. It's very, very thrilling for us. But she had a lot of stuff to do today. So uh, sorry she's not here. But (laughs) give her a freaking break. Give her a freaking break. We're going to freaking forge ahead without her we will we must we must we simply must and so emily did anything scary happen to you this week um yeah i have an honest to goodness nine to five (laughs) five days a week 40 hours a week work week job oh god and the scariest oh, thing of no. all. <laughs> it's really, I am, okay, so I'm, it's great. I'm enjoying it. As far as jobs go, you know, this is technically what I wanted to end you up doing. You can only enjoy working. a job so much. You can much. only enjoy it so much. And here's the thing. I have, this is the first time in my whole life, 32 years of life, that I have had a job job, a job that is like, mm-hmm. Not a part-time job for me, not a job that I'm just like mentally checked out of. It's like a real job that I am doing and care about that happens between the hours of 9 a.m. and 6 p.m. Monday to Friday. We we all show up. We are there all day. We're there five days a week. That's what we do. And maybe what I'm saying sounds normal as hell to all of you, (laughs) but it has rocked my fucking world. Just, just let's all... Let's all take a minute and let's just think about the fact that these are our lives. These are our lives. These are the days of our lives. We have seven days in a week. Seven days. Yeah. Five of those, we're at a job. Five of those, we give to somebody else. Two, we keep. What the fuck? It's crazy that it's not three days of work and four days of play it's, <laughs> and it's rest. Absolutely insane. It has... And and like, you know, I've been saying this, I've, I've worked this job for one week and I've been saying it, it since the day I started. Like, wait a minute, this is actually insane. Like, how does any, just because I'm like, how does anybody do anything? How do you have time to exercise? How do you have time to do your second job, which is record your podcast? How do you have time to just do nothing? Like you, you, it's really tough to fit in the things that like people need people need time to rest people need time to socialize people need time and energy to exercise and do these things that are good for them and like be outside and guess what it's really fucking hard when you're working five days a week and Uh most people work 
a, a lot of people look, work a lot more than that, right? Like they work when they get home, they work on the weekends. Like this is a sickness that we have all decided this is okay because it's absolutely not. It's absolutely not okay. It doesn't make any fucking sense. And I've really gone on a deep dive where I was like, I need to find out what the deal is with this. Like who started this? Why do we all do it? This is not okay. And I've been Googling like who came up with a five day work week. What is going on with this? And I learned in my research, we haven't had a, a change to like massive labor laws and the structure of the work week in 90 years the five-day work week was established in the 1920s or 30s or around then. Again, mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I'm tired. I'm working. I don't have much time for research. <laughs> but that's great. I mean, that's that's insane. And we are so much more productive now in many ways than we were then. We don't right. need to be at work that much. Also, the kinds of jobs we're doing are really bad in many ways for our mental health. It's like not good to stare at your computer screen for five days a week all day. Like we shouldn't be doing this. We should not be doing this. And there was a yeah. bill. And so there's so in my research, I was like, oh, my God, this this is like it's not just me. It's not just me. I've gotten laughed at by people when I've been like, guys, don't you think it's actually like it should be criminal how much we all just like decide that five day work weeks are okay. And it's like, haha, welcome to the world. It's like, no, 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 you're sick. You're sick. If you believe that that is correct, you have been into, it's like you're Stockholm syndrome into capitalism and it's not right. And I'm not the only one. Uh, there was it was introduced in the California state legislature a four day work week a thirty two hour work week. They've done a lot of testing with it. So and much shown research that it, is, that it is more productive, more productive, and the mental health benefits are massive. Like so, stress goes down so much. People are healthier. People sleep better. People. It's like it of because you. It's not right. It's not right to work five days a week and get two days off. That like. Literally, it doesn't work. The math doesn't work. It's not no. enough days away from the work. Mm-mm, and I it's agree. like, when did we decide that everything has to be about the work? It's, it's very, good ca- to it's do a very capitalist work. mentality. And it's there insane. are a lot of European countries that I remember learning that um, Americans fight for more money like that's usually what we are striving for is just more and more money and money and then that there are a lot of european countries that strive for more time more free time and that is so fucking smart make earn less money but have more time to live their lives and just what a well and it's like here you know, we need to earn more money because we don't have health care. We don't have education. We don't have public services. It's like you don't need as much money, actually, if you're not going to go bankrupt going to the fucking doctor. Yeah. You know, or going to get an education. That would be awesome if we could fucking figure that out. Anyway, I'm all of a sudden politically active because of a five day work week and it's deranged and it's not OK. It's sick. And um. Yeah, it's it's not right. And I hope I'm like all of a sudden like, okay, this the bill didn't didn't pass through enough. It like sort of died on the floor in California this year, but it it could come back up next year. But I'm like, we need to make this happen. This is I can't live the rest of my life 
doing a five day work week. I refuse. You have my vote. Thank you so much. <laughs> I'm, running, I'm running for office and that is my only platform. It's the only thing in America that I think is wrong and needs to be addressed. Obviously, that's not true. Everything's very, very bad. Um, but I just think it's a sickness. It's an absolute sickness. And I don't know how I'm going to do it, but God damn it, I have to try. I agree. And <sighs> thoughts and prayers to anybody out there with a 40 hour plus work week. Uh, nightmare. Nightmare. It's awful. <laughs> it's not correct. It's simply incorrect. <sighs> Sammy, um, how about you? My God, anything scary happened to you? I have kind of a, a recurring scary thing, which you, you may have heard me talk about before, is my uh, tattoo removal situation. I am currently yep, yep, getting yep. a tattoo removed and a couple um, weeks ago or months ago, I can't remember, I went to a place where they clearly did not know what they were doing mm -hmm. and used the laser on such a light setting. Tattoo removal is supposed to hurt. And mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I had had sessions before. And so I knew that, but this was well, a new place. More than a tattoo. Yes. So at this place, it, I was not able to feel it. And I was like, well, you're obviously doing something wrong. And she sure. was like, hmm, <laughs> oh, yeah, let's maybe turn it up a little bit, I guess. And I was like, why don't you know what you're doing? You should know this. Um, so anyways, obviously did not go back to that place and went to a new place and explained that story. So the last session I had, I, I'm not sure that it did anything at all because they used such a low setting and went over it multiple times until my skin was just really red and irritated, but I don't know that anything productive happened. And so this person, I think, really overcompensated. Oh, my God. There should be an absolute standard for how this is done, and everyone should know it. And I don't know what these numbers mean, but on the on the settings on the person that was doing like a really low setting, she had the machine set to a one. This is a Pico way laser. I don't know what this means, but I did see that she had set it to a one. Seems low. This woman turned it to eight. Oh, <laughs> no. Which is a lot Much more. higher than one, <laughs> and no matter which way you slice it. That is as higher than a one. And the weird thing is actually didn't hurt more getting it. I mean, it hurt kind of the normal amount that I would expect. It was tolerable. Um, but it bled a lot, uh, which it's not supposed, it's never bled before. Oh my it's not God. supposed to bleed. And it was as if like it looked like a knife went through my <laughs> arm, like it was scabbing and blistering and fucking nasty. And Ow. so I guess this is a, um, uh, just a, I'm really could use if you're in the LA oh area and know God. of a actually reputable tattoo removal place. This is place, crazy, Sammy. I don't know why it's so fuck. It's because these are all like med spas and I feel like med spas don't know what they're doing, but there's like not a lot of. But what are you supposed to do? Normal tattoo removal places. It's oh. like you mostly med spas. And so these people are doing too much and they're not. I think well enough trained in tattoo removal and I'm oof, getting really oof, frustrated oof, oof. and I could just really use a recommendation also for something that I don't have to buy like a full 10 package. Well, yeah, because imagine on. being stuck at any of these places that have been terrible. Yeah. Yeah. I'm getting real frustrated. It was really gross and I had to like, uh, normally I haven't had to do much aftercare because it just... 
kind of heals pretty quickly, but this one is, oh God, it's gross and itchy and mm. red and yeah. So I was feeling pretty <laughs> angry that I couldn't find, I can't seem to find a good tattoo removal place. You would think in Los Angeles, a huge city full of tattooed folks that it would be easy to find a, a good place where people knew I what they think. were doing. I would think. But I am struggling. So mm. any mm. recommendations would be appreciated. <sighs> yeah. I think another part of the scary thing in both of these situations is how I just still defer to these people, even though I'm I'm certain that they don't know what they're doing. Like <laughs> yeah. she similarly, as we sat down to do it, like was turning it up and up and up. And she's like, mm, let's just, let's just see. Like, yeah, let's just try to get your money's worth. Let's try to get it really up here. Oh, and I was like, well, I don't love your added no. that like nonchalance that you're just, yeah, let's just get your trying something worth. new. It seems I also, don't, like, I don't love think that. that's how that works. Right. Like, it's like, well, let's just zap it right out of you then. Let's just do it all right now. <laughs> oh, yeah. no, Sammy. I'm so sorry. These have not been good experiences. No. And if you can believe it, once again, this was the most expensive one. I paid even more for this one, even more than last time. So, well, she really wanted to give you your money's worth. Yeah, she did. She did. But. Yeah, I saw her like looking at the settings and kind of pressing the buttons all willy nilly and was like, <laughs> oh, God, here we go. So uh, I need to learn to stand up for myself and be like, actually, if you don't know what you're doing, I'd rather not do this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's hard in that moment. Yeah. You just really want to trust that the person holding the laser knows what they're doing. That I would love to. Yeah. Trust that. But absolutely hasn't been the case these past couple times. But mm. Mm. anyways, um, speaking of pain, <laughs> <laughs> I'm and, sure. Yeah. And then also speaking of capitalism. Oh, boy. And uh, the sickness, the American sickness, the American sickness. <laughs> we it all have it. Fourth of July week. Uh. And we decided, why not get a little festive, get a little here, on, festive. here on the pod? And so this week we are going to be talking about The Purge, Anarchy, second film in the Purge series, Hell came yeah. out in 2014, written and directed by James DeMonaco, starring Frank Grillo, Carmen Iogo, Zach Guilford, Keely Sanchez, and Zoe Soul, and it is streaming on Max. Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. Max. Yeah, I hate to say it. We all know it's, it's HBO. Yeah, we <laughs> it's HBO. I even could I got down with saying HBO Max for a while. I could do that. But just going straight to Max, it's like I'm never gonna call the Staples Center the crypto.com arena, you know? It's like some things no. you don't get to change it and make it worse. Sorry. Yeah, it's I'm not I'm not fond of it. And I feel like the little TV static with the HBO logo that comes before HBO shows like I need that to never go away. Like, I mean, that's that, a really yeah. important part of my HBO viewing experience. Yeah. Is the staticky HBO logo. Mm -hmm. 
I'm watching Six Feet Under right now, so I'm just been getting it on the brain. Getting a lot of that logo. (laughs) (sighs) Anyways, okay, The Purge Anarchy (sighs) has a 57% on Rotten Tomatoes, 50% on Metacritic, and a 6.4 on IMDb. Hmm. The budget was ten million. It made a hundred and eleven point nine million. Okay. And this would have come out. They these all come out like around Fourth of July, right? Isn't that kind of the deal? Yes. Yeah. Even though Purge Day is, I think, March twenty first. Oh, okay. Sure, sure, sure. Which is the spring equinox, so it's a cleansing day. <laughs> oh, okay. Sure. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so this is the second in the series. There are five so far and possibly a sixth on the way. James DeMonaco wow. said he's like ready to go on the sixth one. Also, and I didn't they, know that they there's make a, money. Yeah, they make money. I I think it's a great concept, like a, a very um, similar to. I guess not really necessarily similar, but it kind of reminds me of. Final destination mm-hmm. in the way that it feels like very evergreen. Like yeah. there's just it's so like we much can just do to do that a bunch it. of times. Yeah, yeah. There's also apparently a TV show on USA, a Purge TV show, which I did not know that either. Neither. Um, and uh, there's just a little reminder that the idea for the Purge series came from the writer director James DeMonaco and his wife were almost killed by a drunk driver in a in a car accident and the driver showed no remorse and they were both very infuriated by his like lack of um feeling bad about it and so his wife made the comment man it would be great if you just got one free murder a year (laughs) that gave james a little light bulb moment and he's mm-hmm. also said, you know, normally his wife is very kind and nice and <laughs> it's a little out of character for her to say, but it did create a very good idea for him for writing this film. So, yeah. um, and that's kind of all the trivia I was able to find for this film. Great. So let's just watch this trailer. Let's watch this trailer. step on it it's getting late i'm sorry i'm so anxious it's just tonight we're gonna be okay just like always no no this can't be happening no one's gonna help us tonight this is your emergency broadcast system announcing the commencement of the annual purge the siren all crime including murder will be legal for 12 hours all emergency services will be suspended your government thanks you for your participation oh my Just remember all the good the purge does. Ooh, 
I mean, it's a great premise. It it's really, really is. Great premise. It's yeah. so good. And it really does feel deeply American. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like it really, I'm like, yeah, this, this works for me. I get it. Yeah. It's a very, I get it. it's a, a, a great premise. And I'm curious to like continue with the franchise too, because there's, you know, the first one was very felt like a home invasion. The setting is just one family's home. Right. Basically. And this one expands it out to like a, a much larger area where it's, it's in Los Angeles, but it's like following different people in downtown LA. And so was the first one in Los Angeles. I don't remember. I don't think so, but possibly. Yeah. As soon as they were on that bridge, I was like, oh, hell yeah, it's an L.A. movie. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think it's just cool that you can change the setting. I think there's a lot to explore within this general mm -hmm. premise and kind of dip into different subgenres like home invasion or just like thriller slasher. And like, it's yeah, it's fun. Also. Is this maybe the first thing I've seen? I mean, I, I won't be watching it, but I'll be imagining. Um, Saracen in since Friday Night Lights. I feel like I don't see him very much. Did you see Friday Night Lights? I didn't watch Friday Night Lights. <gasps> so I know him from Midnight Mass, which he's great. Oh, in. He's great, man. Yeah. Um, wow. Sammy, I think you would really love Friday Night Lights. I, it's a great show. Well, maybe check it out because I do really love him. And, uh, and, and Kyle uh, Jesse Plemons. In yep. Friday Night Lights. Kyle Chandler fan. Kyle Chandler. Yeah. Um, and uh, I guess another piece of trivia is that the woman that's his wife in this film is his wife in real life. And <gasps> did they meet doing this or no, were they, they married were already before? married during this? That's fun. Which is fun. And also made me think of Speak No Evil. <laughs> a married couple playing yeah. a married couple. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry to bring up Speak No Evil, but it's okay. Um, but yeah, all right. Oh, God bless ready. America, rock God and roll. Bless America. <laughs> it's the bleakest time of the year, so you know what that means. We deserve to get cozy on the couch, rewatch our favorite TikTok videos, and drink a goddamn glass of wine. If you ever struggle to pick out the right bottle, you will love our next sponsor, Naked Wines. Did you know that when you buy wine today, most of the money goes to things like fancy packaging, big budget marketing campaigns, and tax? That is crazy. Naked Wines is a subscription service that seamlessly connects you to the finest independent winemakers on the planet. So you get a box of the market's best quality wines, however often you'd like, for a fraction of the price. And hold on to your butts, you guys, because the deal they have for you is insane. Just wait. So how do they do it? Naked Wines connects winemakers and wine drinkers directly, allowing for vineyard-to-door delivery at up to 60% off what you would normally pay in a store. By cutting out the traditional retail middleman costs and markups, winemakers can pass those savings on to you without skimping on quality. I can't stop talking about Naked Wines. I love that their quiz matches you with bottles that you love, and each shipment includes wines they recommend based on your previous ratings. I'm currently loving their organic options, especially the Chris Condos Cabernet from Mendocino County, and they've been around for 10 years, and they fund over 90 independent winemakers. So with no commitments or membership fees, you can enjoy Naked Wines hassle-free. And the best part, every bottle is a passion project from an independent winemaker, so you're literally making an independent winemaker's dream come true. 
So head to nakedwines.com slash too scary and enter voucher in the top right when you get to the website and put in too scary for both the code and password to get six bottles of wine for just $39.99 with shipping included. That's $100 off and less than $7 per bottle. So that's nakedwines.com slash too scary and use the code and password too scary and grab six bottles for just $39.99. One last time, that's nakedwines.com slash too scary code and password too scary for $100 off your first six bottles. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. <laughs> Should we do uh, it? Oh, yeah, let's do it. All right, so we begin with a title card that says America 2023. Which Mm-mm. is correct is where we are. But it took is March, so phew. <laughs> yeah. Um, and <laughs> we're getting at the statistics that unemployment is down, crime is virtually non existent, and fewer and fewer people are living below the poverty line. Oh, all that's not thanks true at all. <laughs> to the annual purge. <laughs> right. Mm. <laughs> and we begin a couple hours before the purge begins. There's like a countdown on the news stations, like purge happening tonight. Everybody get home and stay safe. And we're seeing in a diner, we meet one of our main characters, Ava. Eva, Ava, I feel like everyone pronounces her name differently in this film. Interesting. They should have chosen. <laughs> Eva, Ava, or Eva. One of no, those. that's interesting. What's your preferred way to say it? Well, it's with an E because we see her name tag. And so I would say Eva. I would say Eva. But she, I think, says Ava. Well, she would know. And she would know. So I'll call her Ava. But, you know, maybe with a couple Evas thrown in here and there. We'll see (laughs) if I say any of those three variations of that pronunciation. You You know who I'm talking about. And she is finishing up her shift at a diner and, uh, is saying bye to her coworkers and they're all saying, you know, get, you know, stay off the streets tonight, uh, get, get home as soon as possible. She says bye to her coworker, Tanya, who is also in six feet under that I'm watching. So wow. that was kind of fun to see her. And then we cut to this kind of ex-military or police looking guy that's putting on a bulletproof vest and getting all his weapons out, loading like shotguns and handguns. Like getting excited for the purge. He doesn't look, he looks like he has a, has a plan and we see him look at a photo of him and a son in a sad way. So we, assume that he has lost his son potentially in the purge and he looks like he's maybe going to be out for revenge tonight yeah 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 now what do you think you would do on purge night were this okay this is a great question because i did think about it yeah you have to think about it and uh, i wish it weren't such a violent night and why we weren't doing more fun illegal things so what i would love to do it's like all crime yeah, I like I would love to go break into Universal Studios and ride the mummy ride all night long. <laughs> that would be really fun. You know, this is a, 
we're not having enough fun with the purge. And so I was, my head went to, I'm absolutely knocking myself out with just the, the best possible sleep cocktail of situations where I could just be like, well, yep. hope nobody comes and tries to murder me, but at least I'm sleeping tonight, you know? Yeah. And if they do come, hopefully I'll, I'll sleep through it and I'll just sleep die right through sleep. it. Cause it's like, without that, there's no way you're not, there's no way you're falling asleep because a so anxious and be yep. loud probably, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but if we're trying to have fun with the purge, like what crimes would I want to commit? Driving barefoot. <laughs> yeah, drive barefoot all <laughs> night long. Um, no, breaking in somewhere is a really fun idea. And where, where would that be? I don't know that it would be a theme park. I think it would like my mind just went to, um, Costco and I think I would like mm. climb up on all the shelves and try out all the chairs and just sort of like or Ikea just sort of like pretend yep. I live in the various rooms of an Ikea all night oh, long. Oh you know what something like a like a like a castle like Hearst Castle I'm driving to Hearst <gasps> Castle Oh, we're or like Hearst Castle. the Getty Villa and like going in those pools. Yes. yes I'm swimming in that pool. I always have wanted to swim in that pool. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. That would be that would be the way to do it. But it's like the inherent danger of the night is obviously what I think discourages people from doing fun stuff. It'd be hard to enjoy swimming. Knowing that someone could come. But how many murders do you think are being committed at Hearst Castle? You know, probably nobody's really thinking about that. I I don't know. Maybe maybe we could like set up some sort of security perimeter <laughs> so that nobody could get we in. We can certainly try. It just it feels like we should be having a little more fun on Purge Night, folks. Folks, <laughs> <laughs> think outside the box. Yeah, I completely agree. I completely agree. This is a great perspective to have. God, that'd be really fun. I want to go to a I'm castle. I'm just going to imagine that like, while you're telling me these horrible things, somebody's swimming in the Hearst Castle pool. Yeah, I mean, why the hell not? Why the hell not? Okay, and finally we meet uh, a couple, Shane and Liz. This is uh, the Friday Night Lights guy and his real-life wife. (laughs) And they're driving around. Things seem a little tense between them. There's a radio. They're listening to like a news broadcast. That's uh, people arguing with each other about uh, the new founding fathers of America and how they came into power. So there's an implication that maybe it was um, not a democratic thing, even though someone is arguing that it was that they were legally voted in. And it's like, well, you know, as much as I do that, that was them taking advantage of the and they turn the radio off. So we don't hear. But that's also kind of reminiscent of some scary things that I think mm, yeah. uh, about our political system that you know, just kind of ring true. Yeah. And we find out that Shane and Liz are planning to separate. They, Liz mentions Mm. wanting to tell Shane's sister and he doesn't want to yet. Mm. It seems Shane is less certain that he wants to separate, that he's maybe kind of trying to stay together. And Liz seems like she has her mind more made up. Yeah. 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 And, they go to the fucking grocery store. We're talking like two hours until purge time. I'm like, why are, why is anybody <laughs> running errands? Is, yeah, absolutely. Your house should be fully stocked, fully stocked. 
Yeah, it just seems really crazy to me. You should have a me. picnic packed for her castle. <laughs> and you should just be bringing all your favorite treats to have poolside. You don't need to shop on Perch Day. Yeah. Yeah. This is a bad big mistake in planning on your guys' part. Big mistake. Uh, so we see Eva get home after work and she lives in a building and there's kind of a drunk guy outside that is flirting with her and saying, Eva, you want me to protect you tonight? I can come in and protect you. Ugh. And he seems like a real creep. She says an no. apartment building would be the worst yeah, place to she's live in on an apartment building. And I mean, I think kind Maybe of the, the main, worst, but a bad one. The main like message of these films is how, you know, this would disproportionately affect poor people and people of color, like all problems oh, yeah. in, in yes. America and, and everywhere, um, of just how, you know, people with less means to protect themselves are going to suffer. And God, purge what about night. people who work like night shifts? Does everything close on purge night? Is that part of the point? I think so. Yes. Maybe it is. But like someone's working at the hospital. Some firefighters are on duty. I don't you think they I mean? are. They say there's they there's like in the announcement they say they say no, no emergency, emergency services. services for the next twelve hours. Right. Wow. Yeah. Don't get into it. Don't have an accident on perch night. Yeah. True. There's probably some people that just like slip just and fall in their apartments, and there's no. I mean, there's to an come. argument against the Hearst Castle swimming because what if something happens? True. <sighs> it is a dangerous night. It's, it's a dangerous night. It's a really dangerous <laughs> night. <laughs> yeah. And so Eva gets back inside and she lives with her father and her daughter. And the daughter's name is Cassie. I don't know the the grandpa's name, Uh, but they're watching a YouTube video of kind of a like resistance fighter type guy who's played by the late Michael Kenneth Williams. Absolutely love to see him. Um, he, his name is Carmelo in this and he's doing kind of a call to action, rallying the troops of like, fuck purge night and like, fuck this system. That's again, what I just said, like disproportionately affecting people of color and like, we need to fight back and this is not right. And we're seeing Cassie feeling a little radicalized by this and we're like, hell yeah. Um, but the grand grandpa, Wait, who's, who's Cassie's Cass, the, the daughter. daughter yeah. It, and yeah. the grandpa's not as into it and just like no we need to just like stay home and be safe tonight this is really dangerous and Mm. uh one of the lines that carmelo says is the redistribution of wealth upward by killing poor people has to stop we have to fight back we have to pick up arms and yeah we just see that cassie is like kind of on board with this mentality how old is she? Like a teenager? I, I honestly thought she was a sister at first. Like the, I think she looks pretty old, but she was 17. <laughs> okay. I don't know how old the actress was, but it like took me a while to figure out that Eva was her mom and not her sister. Okay. Um, so uh, it's like clear that this family is not you know, doing well financially, they're struggling. The dad is on a really expensive medication that he's told Eva, like, I told you not to buy this anymore. It's too expensive. We can't afford it. She's like, you need it like to live. And God, uh, fuck this fucking country. It's like really awful. And they, you know, are saying goodnight for the night and grandpa's going to bed and telling them that he loves them. He says, you know, lock everything down. 
and I'll see you in the morning. And he goes to his room, closes the door. And Eva says, I'm going to take a quick shower and then we'll lock down. And again, I'm like, what? Why are these people not locked <laughs> locking down. down early? Now the shower can wait. Just, You're not going anywhere all night. It seems really crazy to me to not just, you know, why not be a little early prepared for the purge rather than be early on the lockdown, <laughs> yeah. be early on the lockdown. Uh, and so we see Shane and Liz leaving the grocery store with their groceries and aye, aye, aye. there's a group of people outside that kind of harass them in face paint and some some plastic masks yeah. clear that these people are going to be purging. And not in the fun way. And not in the fun way. They're not going to be going to Hearst Castle. Absolute waste. So Shane and Liz hurry into the car and they're uh, driving away. And then their car breaks down yep. and they s investigate and see that or assume that that group of people cut Fucked with a wire car. under their car. You absolutely would do that. Yeah. <sighs> I mean, I think what I would be doing is going to Europe, <laughs> actually. <laughs> yeah. It's I yeah. take a trip every year <laughs> in March and I go to another country. Mm -hmm. But again, but again, like privilege. an option, yeah, yep. an option that not everybody has. And so, man, yeah, you this is why you, at, at the very least, just go home a not at the last minute before be purge home night commences. all day be, be home, home all day <laughs> and be locked down as much as you can but yeah that's the that's the other thing is like the people who can't necessarily afford to reinforce their homes with like really not be at work during the day and intense security systems and yeah exactly so their car's broken down, uh, like near downtown LA and Liz is obviously very stressed by this. And it's like downtown is where people go to purge, which I kind of also took to mean maybe further out in suburbs or richer areas. It's like, why bother? Because people's houses are going to be really heavily right. armed and secured. And, and so less, uh, so like not as concentrated Yep. Uh, populations. Yep. Did you know, I just learned that Koreatown has the population of Koreatown, like people per square foot is like more condensed than Manhattan. Oh, wow. Isn't that crazy? No, I and that. I have not fact checked. Of course. No, Heard it, never thought it was interesting. Repeated it. But <laughs> I love that. I would believe it. I would believe it. I would. And I do. <laughs> I, I, would. <laughs> I would. And I do. <laughs> and I do. And I do believe it. <laughs> yeah, that is crazy, though. Uh, but so they're totally fucked and realizing that they have nowhere to go. We see the group of people in masks and face paint pulling up behind them. They're in like on like motorcycles. And there's one kind of RV looking truck that they have. And so they're just taunting them f like following them clearly going to later be hunting them and so they just start running on foot and you know, like our best chance i guess is to try to run home but we don't really know where home is but their chances aren't looking great mm -mm. then we get the, a little like one last look at all of our characters that we've set up and we see the the 
uh, cop guy. His name's Leo. They never say his name in this movie, but he is continues to be in these movies. So we'll learn later in mm. future films that his name is Leo, but I'll call him Leo just for yeah, clarity. It's his name. It's his name. Uh, we see him. He's driving on the streets in this very armored car, like a muscle car that he has put some bulletproofing on and metal on. And he's just like loaded up with all his guns. He's out. And I think we see uh, Eva and Cassie locking down their windows as best as they can. But it's just like they're putting like like basically nailing wood planks over the doors and stuff. And then we hear the sirens wailing and the emergency broadcast system coming on all the radios and TVs announcing the commencement of the annual purge. We hear again, any and all crime, including murder, is legal for the next 12 hours. No emergency services will be available until then. No weapons above a class four. So that's like explosives um, are allowed. Well, how are they going to monitor that? There's no nobody's out there. Yeah, I don't know. Um, they uh, Just trust. Yeah, I mean, I guess. Okay. And they say no. I guess if they find out, you'll be like, you know, arrested tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) And same for this one is no harming government officials above a class 10. That is also not allowed. Ha ha. Pretty convenient for the people that created these laws to be exempt. Yeah. And so then we get basically a montage of purgers across the city. There is a man on top of a building with a sniper rifle just shooting people. And there's people like a group of men in a school bus with guns, like driving down the streets, shooting at people. Someone's got a flamethrower. There's just all these weapons. And we see that it is already going to like a very violent night. Uh, I was getting some Michael Bay vibes here in the way Mm -hmm. that this is shot and edited. And then at the end I saw it's produced by Michael Bay. Um, Okay. So he put his, he has a stamp on there. Yep. yep, This does feel like it has that vibe. Uh, And yeah, uh, downtown LA very quickly descends into chaos. We go back into Cassie and Eva's house and Cassie finds a note from their grandpa uh, and opens his bedroom door like what the heck where is he he's gone and <gasps> we find out that he has decided to sacrifice himself uh, for a price that basically the way that some wealthy people purge is they'll pay you ahead of time so that you can come to their house for them to kill you so that they don't have to risk the their lives chaos. Oh my God, that is what would happen. And so he basically said, you'll get, he says, you'll get a hundred thousand dollars. I'm like, I love you. And we see him out of rich, rich people's houses and they have all their plastic sheeting down so they don't mess up their nice fancy stuff and they kill him. Oh, pretty devastating. And they have no time to mourn this because right as they are finished reading this note, Something busts through one of the windows and that wasn't like reinforced enough, I guess. Again, it was not, you know, the strongest Mm -hmm. stuff. And so 
We see it is the drunk guy from earlier who asked if he could protect them with kind of a sexual innuendo implication. And now he is again threatening sexual violence Mm. and... It's like a, they're hiding in the closet from him. They're scared and they don't have there. They do have a gun somewhere, but I think it's not right by them at this <sighs> moment and they would have to pass him to get to it. So he finds them and he's about to do something awful to them. He's got a big shotgun also. Mm. And as he is like grabbing them. He there's another loud noise in the house and he goes with the shotgun to go like basically say back off like this is my place that I'm, you know, pillaging. And these men in full tactical gear jump, run and jump in, shoot him a whole bunch of times. He's dead. This is like 10 dudes in like, uh, like these like, the, uh, yeah, head- rebels. <sighs> We're not sure, possibly, but they don't seem good. (laughs) (laughs) And so they grab Eva and Cassie and pull them outside. And there's a big armored truck outside and they're pulling them down in front of it, like forcing them to their knees facing the back of this truck. And the back of the truck opens and we see this guy with a gun there like they've brought them to him to kill it looks like and now all of our characters kind of collide in this one area we see leo driving up to this and seeing this happen and he's trying to will himself to ignore it and continue on to his like planned destination and but his conscience Mm. is not letting him go and he's watching says just keep driving keep driving keep driving but then he hears cassie call out mom mom like help please and it tugs at his heartstrings Mm. too much and he gets out of the car and he makes real fucking quick work out of everybody there kills basically all of them uh like so it's clear that he has some sort of military training as well and shoots the guy inside the truck also that has this that had the big gun who's wearing like an apron like he's like he's in like butcher clothing (laughs) and he then grabs cassie and Eva and they all go back into his car but as as he was killing everybody else we saw Shane and Liz mm. like hearing all the commotion and they're they've just been like lost or not lost but like running looking for cover mm. downtown um narrowly avoiding bad situations along the way and they find what they think is an abandoned armored car and so they're just climbing inside for like protection um and just like a safe, safe spot for a moment. And uh, as Leo and Cassie and Eva get back into the car, Leo's like holding a gun to Shane and Liz now being like, get the fuck out. Like, who the fuck are you? Get out of here. And they're like, please, please, please. Like we and as that's happening, the guy in the apron is is we see that he's not actually dead and that he just shot him in the face kind of through the cheek Ew. so he has his like cheek all bloody and he gets up and and is getting behind his gun which is one of those like huge machine guns that I feel like 
is a, a weapon of war that like yeah. is on the ground with the like sticks, like kind of like uh-huh. a, a mounted gun. And so there's no time to argue any further. They just get in the car, all five of them and are now driving in the opposite direction. Mm-hmm. The, the They're getting shot a whole bunch, but the car is, um, you know, somewhat bulletproof not entirely yeah. but it had they have some more protection than they would in an, in a regular car so they are able to get away even though the car is kind of filled with bullets now and they drive drive off i don't like purge night it should be a fun time of celebration yeah i feel like we should all agree to have a nice time on purge night if it happens for real <laughs> let's make a let's make a vow yeah Yep, I solemnly swear. <laughs> so they make it a couple blocks away, but then the car dies because it has been shot in the gas tank or something, oh, or no. some, something has made this car now not work. And Leo's very upset because he has a specific place he's trying to get to. Aww. And. He's all pissed off. And Eva says her friend Tanya lives nearby. That's her coworker we met in the Mm. beginning. And she has a car that he can have. And so if he can get them all there safely, Tanya will give her give him the car. And he makes her call her to confirm she does. And uh, so that's our our new plan is now we're going to go to Tanya's house. Mm. So now they're just on foot moving through the streets of downtown LA, which is in chaos Mm -mm. as we know. And so they're kind of trying to like move quickly and quietly and hiding behind little alleys and it's stressful. And we see bad things happening in the background and uh, they're about to turn into this one alley when Shane steps in like a booby trap and it's basically like a little noose thing around his foot. It like mm. ensnares his ankle okay. and pulls him. So he's hanging upside down and someone oh, true booby trap style. Yeah. And someone comes to a window nearby with a shot or like a sniper rifle also and is like trying to shoot at him. So it seems like it's someone's way of killing people without leaving their home type <laughs> of thing. And uh, Leo is able to spot the guy and shoot the sniper and kills him. And this is all very loud. And so it's attracting other people to this shootout. And it's very stressful. This whole movie is very stressful. Yeah. (laughs) And eventually they're able to like shoot the little wire that he's hanging from. And he, he gets uh, down and they all get away, but it is a close call. Mm. Mm. And they're, you know, moving through the streets some more, trying to get to ta- on their way to Tanya's. And they come across the the big truck again that the apron guy was in mm. with these mil- paramilitary looking guys. So it's maybe a different one. We're not quite sure. Okay. It seems like a whole nother crew. But now all of the paramilitary guys are dead here. So it must be a different one because we killed all the ones at the other one too. And so they're coming across another scene that looks similar to the one we just left. But 
everyone's dead and they now decide to go into the truck to explore like who the fuck are these guys and we see inside this truck there is video surveillance footage from all of the security cameras like in all of downtown los angeles like Mm. basically like a cctv type thing uh eva says who are these people only government has access to traffic camera footage and Mm. cassie says i think you just answered your own question Uh and as they're looking at this this truck is also not uh functional something uh is rendering it useless as well so they can't take this truck and and we see another truck pulling up and we think it's like the rv truck of the guys with the painted faces and masks that crew and so they run and they run into they do they do escape those guys but there's um before they leave cassie says i think that this was the resistance carmelo's guys probably took all these guys out Mm. because they have some like thing that they tagged over like an anti new founding fathers sign. So so we're thinking now that's the Carmelo's crew Mm. that are fighting back. And so as they're running from this other crew, they go down the, this train track and they seem like they have gotten away, but they're moving quickly down these train tracks and another group of guys show up that are on like ATVs, which is scary to be chased by ATVs. (laughs) And they have like a flamethrower. The sound of it is so freaking like, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And I know it is. It's like just a very stressful, like, oh God, oh God, oh God. And, so they're, it seems like they're not going to get away again. They're all on foot. And so Shane has a moment of realizing we're not going to make it. And Shane turns back and Leo, by the way, has like given them all guns. So all of them have weapons and Shane decides to stay back to try to give them more of a chance to get ahead. So he goes back and is shooting at them and Liz joins him. It's like, I'll stay with you. And so both of them now are shooting at the ATV guys and Shane gets shot through the shoulder, but then shoots the ATV in like, again, the gas can or something so that it explodes. And they actually do manage to uh, get away from those guys and like, seemingly stop them and so they rejoin with the rest of the group but Shane is now pretty wounded and bleeding out and so there's even more of a rush like we need to get to Tanya's we need some like we need help we need some amount of medical supplies Mm. he's losing blood and so they are but they're close to Tanya's now and they they are running through the streets and we see through traffic cam footage someone watching them run through the streets and we hear uh, and like disembodied voice saying we have a target match on the civilians who attacked truck two. So we know that they are going to be pursued to Tanya's place. So it's not going to be the safe haven we thought, mm. but they do, they, they make it there. And this building looks more sufficiently uh, armored. Like it has actual metal things covering the windows and looks a little safer. So they all get inside and uh, Tanya 
is there with her sister, her father and her sister's husband. And the four of them are in like much better spirits than everybody else. Mm -hmm. They're drinking wine. They're like, oh, you guys look like you've been through so much tonight. Like, let me get you some wine. (laughs) And Leo is very much like, no, no, thank you. It's not a not a wine night for me. Tanya's sister seems pretty drunk, and we see at one point Tanya taking pills, and Leo is watching this nervously, like these people are too messed up Mm. for purge night. (laughs) This is not feeling safe. And they're kind of arguing with each other in a way that feels like they have some built-up resentments that we're not sure where those are coming from or what that means, but... Uh, Tanya makes a comment as they're all talking about how they're anti-purge. We're all anti-purge in this household. Mm. And Tanya says, I don't know, sometimes killing someone doesn't sound so bad. And her sister says, what do you mean, Tanya? And she says, I'm just saying, don't piss me off, bitch. (laughs) And so we're like, "Mm, don't don't love these jokes on purge night. Not good. Not good. Uh, Shane is having his wounds tended to. We're getting him patched up as best we can with, you know, without a hospital, but he's, he's looking, he's going to be okay. Um, the bullet went all the way through and so it's not in there. And so the best they can do is just stop the bleeding. And through this trauma, it seems that Shane and Liz are reconnecting. Sure. And she said like, Oh my, like that, it scared me so bad. And, um, like, like I thought I'd lost you. And, um, Leo seeing all this and seeing that, you know, people are for the most part pretty settled. And he's like, all right, well, I better go. Like I need the car. I have my thing I got to do. And so he pulls Eva aside and is like, can I get the car keys? And Eva reveals there is no car. She was lying. And Leo is very pissed off. And she says, I did what I had to do, like to protect my child. And I understand that you're upset, but I, like didn't have many options. I'm sorry. And I just needed someone to help us get here safely. And we can see that he under understands he's pissed, but he gets it Yeah, as a, as a, um, hot dad in his own right. Ah, uh, yes. He's no Ethan Hawke hot dad, but he is a hot dad. <laughs> Can't all be. Can't all be Ethan Hawke. So regardlessly, it was like, well, I gotta go. Like I have still need to figure out a way to get to the place that I'm going. They're all trying to get him to stay. He's been kind of connecting with Cassie in a fatherly way. Like it's clear Mm -hmm. that he has those tendencies of trying to protect her. Like he's made her wear, given his bulletproof vest to her over the course of the night and is doing what he can to keep her safe. And so she's really, even though she's such a grown old woman and she's like, uh, the script is crazy and I didn't really write down any of the lines. Like, I feel like it's, it's structured and paced very well, but the dialogue is insane and she's like so annoying. And Mm. I, I can't think of any examples now, but I remember being like, damn, they really are not doing a good job making this girl likable. Um, but I think we are supposed to like her. She's supposed to be kind of an angsty teen and, that from the photo we saw that Leo's son looked like a teenager age as well. And so it's a dynamic he's familiar with and it's, it seems like it's supposed to be nice, nice between them. So he's, she's trying to get him to stay saying, please don't go. It'll be safe here. And 
He's about to leave when Tanya's sister comes out with a gun and shoots and kills Tanya. And her husband is screaming and screaming, oh, my God, you killed your sister. The dad is like crying and Leo's getting like obviously everyone goes into like defense mode and he's got his guns out like what the fuck is going on and tanya's sister is yelling out i read all your email emails you cheating motherfuckers (gasps) and we see that tanya and her husband had been having an affair and uh she she is about to kill him too and he grabs a gun and holds it to Liz's head and is like, if you kill me, you kill her. Like that's a an innocent woman and just really mounting <laughs> danger and tension and stress. And she's yelling out, this is my right granted to me by my government, which is a really chilling line. And Leo shoots, I think the, the husband in the leg in a way that like forces him to drop Liz so that they can save Liz and our original crew of five basically is like, let's get the fuck out of here. This isn't actually a safe place. So they're fleeing now the building. And as they're running down, we're seeing the pair, another paramilitary truck arriving and surrounding the building. And it seems like they're going to narrowly escape. Um, they're, they've, they see that they're there and go the other direction, hop a fence to go down an, another alley when they run into the group of masked guys. Ugh, with uh, the apron man? No, apron man was in the paramilitary one. Okay, these are so the um, masked guys where they had like an RV. They cut the gas tank. And cut the gas tank. Okay. Yeah, and we haven't really seen too much of what they've gotten. We haven't seen them kill anybody or or anything, but... Their vibe is bad. Their vibe is bad. They're certainly not there to save them. They're not. I don't think they're Carmelo's guys. Uh, And so they run into them and get captured by them and thrown into the back of their van. Mm. And they're all being held at gunpoint. But ask uh, Cassie asks, like, why aren't you killing us? What what's happening? Like, where are you taking us? Why aren't we dead? And one of the guys in a hard, hard plastic mask takes off the mask and it's freaking Lakeith Stanfield. <laughs> I was really oh. surprised by this. A very small role. I guess 2014, he wasn't, he like wasn't super huge in 2014. famous yet. So yeah, this is a pretty small part, but it was delightful to see him. Yeah. What a reveal. And he says, we're not, we're not purging. We just need money. And so we find out that this group Mm. is basically going and capturing people to bring back to wealthier people to kill. And so they arrive at this building and take them all out. And there's pretty bad. Yeah. And there's an exchange of money. Purge middlemen. Yep. Yep. Exactly. And they're dropping our five main characters now off to a group of basically white guys in suits with guns and they pay them to mm. uh, have given them this bounty and mm. they put bags on their heads and pull them inside um, as like Lakeith and his crew now drive off to continue probably um, capturing people for 
rich, rich white people. And we don't know where they are. They're, they, um, are being ushered into this big room and we pull off the bags on their heads and a curtain opens and they are basically on stage at like a gala where people are being, they're basically being auctioned off now. Oh my God. And so we see the audience is all like rich white people in fancy clothing with their little numbers to do their bidding. Uh. And they say this is the final uh, group of the night. So bidding's going to start at $200,000 per person. And we see, you know, people raising their little numbers and them all getting bid on and sold. And then they are taken to like a hunting grounds or they say take them to the hunting grounds but it basically looks like a laser tag room uh-huh. where the rich people are given night vision goggles but nobody else is and so it's pretty dark in there there's some light but um clearly the rich people have the advantage with the night vision goggles and they're all getting their weapons of choices choices loaded up some of them yeah. have swords and some have guns and yeah they look like they're Going duck hunting, you know, when rich people mm, go hunting mm-hmm. and they wear those like funny little outfits. Yeah. They look like that. And uh, before they God. go out to go kill them, they all hold hands in a circle and they say a little prayer to the new founding fathers. Pretty gross. And they go out into the the hunting grounds and uh, basically start shooting and looking for them and leo again has significant (laughs) like combat training we know Mm -hmm. that he's very capable in these situations so he pretty quickly like sneaks up behind one of them knocks him out gets his gun kills him and he uh, oh also all the rest of the rich people are behind a like bulletproof window watching all of Mm. this happen and so they see leo get the gun away and start taking out the rich people down there who have paid to kill them and they immediately call for backup and they say it's like gotten out of hand one of them's got a gun we need backup so leo kills uh all but one of them and the last one of them runs out through this like back back exit door and escapes but then as soon as it seems like maybe they'll get to uh, get away, the backup arrives. It's like 20 to 30 other guys with uh, guns and all armed to the teeth. And it, it's now it's looking not so good. Mm-hmm. And Liz or Liv? <laughs> Liz. I think Liz. Liz. And Shane, I, uh, that was another thing I kept going back and forth between Sean and Shane and Liv and Liz. I couldn't. It's hard. It's, it's hard. It's I, you've been, I don't know if it is Liv, but I think you've been saying Liz. Liz. Perfect. I think so it we'll is So we'll go Liz. with that. <laughs> we will go with that. And so Liz and Sean. Shane. Shane. <laughs> Shane are looking at each other and he says, I'm sorry for everything and they're kind of holding each other, s- seeming to anticipate that this could be their last moment together. Mm-hmm. And she says, 
I love you. I just need you to know that I do love you. And right at that moment, he is shot one million times uh, by the people that are coming in and she's screaming. He's for sure dead. She somehow doesn't get shot, even though they're literally right next to each other. But then we hear an explosion, a big explosion going off that seems to scare everybody, including the new guys with guns that have come in. Everyone turns to see what the fuck was that? Uh, a alarm starts going off announcing class four explosives are prohibited. You will be prosecuted by the full extent of the law or whatever. So someone here is, uh, breaking purge rules and we see in comes um, the guy from Pur- the Purge One, who was the stranger. I can't like totally remember Purge One now, but remember it's like a rich family and it's like a black guy yeah. that comes in the in the uh, and the kids let him in to help him and uh, and he uh, I can't I can't remember, but he survives obviously and he's survives, he's, a good, yeah. he's a good guy and we see that he's now joined the resistance fighters and he's busting in and they're they're all taking out the other guys with guns and they're gonna save uh leo and and their whole crew also uh the guy from the purge one I can't remember his name let me look it up because in the purge one. They don't ever say his name. He's just like the stranger. And Mm. so similar to how they don't say Leo's name in this one. But I'm sure that he has a name because I think he continues to be in the series. Mm -hmm. No, he's still called the stranger. Okay. So but something I wanted to say about him, his name is Edwin Hodge. And I was like, oh, I wonder if he's related to, and he is, Aldous Hodge, who is the hot dad in The Invisible Man. Yeah. Just thought that was cool. Um, So he's there, and in walks also, we see Carmelo, and he walks in yelling, fuck the new founding fathers and fuck the purge. I agree. Fuck the purge. Yep. They need to go head to... The Getty Villa. We could be having a fun (laughs) night, you lunatics. (laughs) So they fully outnumber the other rich people now and so are able to take them all out and have a moment where Cassie and Carmelo meet and she's like, I like really uh, believe in what you guys are doing. And he's like, hell yeah, sister, like, let's fucking do this. Like, you guys get out of here. We got this. And they're about to like safely protect them so that they can leave when Liz says I want to purge (laughs) and they kind of look at her like what and Carmelo says we got her we'll protect her and they hand her a gun and she like wants to stay with them to to get now revenge for Uh. Shane's death and so she stays so now it's just uh Leo Eva and Cassie uh, and they steal a car from one of the rich people. They like go to the parking lot of whatever building they were in, steal one of their big fancy cars and drive it out to, uh, the suburbs. Time is running out now. That's getting, getting towards the end of the 12 hours. And Leo still has a somewhere he needs something to he wants to do. And so we arrive now in the suburbs and we're looking at this house. That's, um, 
he's, he's looking at it and he said, he says the man in there killed my son in a drunk driving accident and got off on a technicality. So I think what happened, he says, cause it was a year ago today. And so I think what happened is he it happened hit on the son and then, but the son was like hospitalized and died during the purge hours, which seems huh. like that shouldn't be an, like allowed. Maybe, yeah. maybe it was during purge hours that the accident happened, but uh, either way, this man got away with killing his son um, and p- paid no, like faced no consequences for it. And mm. so he's here to kill him. And they're begging him not to. They're saying, please, no, like, that's like, just let, let, let this go. Like, you can't do this. And he goes, he's going to do it. He sticks to his plan and he breaks into the house, which seems pretty well reinforced. And I rerounded a couple of times because I'm like, how the hell did he get in there? I think he maybe picks locks and stuff. I don't know. But mm. again, maybe with his military he's, training. He's got skills. He's yeah. got skills. And so he breaks into this house and we see a man and a woman sleeping in bed and he wakes them up with guns pointed at them. Is like, wake up, you piece of shit. And grabs the man, pulls him out of the bed. The wife is like crying, like, please, please, please. He's holding the gun to his head. This seems like really upsetting, really sad. And he's holding the gun to his head and he's being like, you know who I am? Do you know who I am? And the guy's like, yes, yes, yes. I, like, I, I recognize you. I'm, I'm sorry. Mm. And he's, Leo starts like sobbing, like screaming and sobbing. And he's like, you took my boy, you took my boy, you stole my son. You're going to pay for what you did. And the man is just like saying like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Like I like, I, I, it's like, clearly he's really, um, you know, remorseful about it. And the wife is saying like, we have two kids too. Like our kids are in the other room. Like, please don't do this. Please don't do this. And it's really emotionally intense. Mm. And we hear, uh, Leo scream and it cuts away. But the implication is that he has killed him because he had a knife, I think at one point too. And, um, uh, and so the, we see Leo now walking out of the house. It's daylight now. It's like morning. And he looks relieved. Like he has this look of relief on his face. Like he sl- closes his eyes and like feels the sun on his face and almost smiles a little bit. Like he's feeling um, at peace for once. And then bam, bam, he is shot twice in the chest ah and we see the man with the face bandage that he shot in the cheek earlier with the apron Mm. and he comes out and is and confronts leo leo collapses on the ground so this man's now standing over him with a gun and he says there's an unwritten purge rule you don't save lives Tonight, we take lives. And he says, unfortunately, the citizens aren't killing enough, so we supplement it all to keep things balanced. It's important important work that the NFFA does. 
and he says, blessed be America. And he raises the gun. He's about to kill Leo when he is shot through the head, shot in the head. So now this guy's dead and we turn and we see that it's the guy in the house that killed Leo's son, um, who comes out and saves him. Leo did not kill him. Mm. And we see all the paramilitary, another crew of paramilitary guys running in now. So we're to understand that this was the government that were in these big armored cars supplementing uh, the purge numbers because it's very heavily implied, obviously, that the point of the purge is to kill poor people. Mm -hmm. They are now pouring in in their gear and Eva and Cassie see that something is happening and so they get grab guns and they're running to like help to see what's going on and so these three sections of people are now facing each other and we're about to have this big shootout when the alarms go off signaling the end of the purge loudspeaker announcing you know Mm. purge is over and they all lower their weapons and get back in their respective <laughs> vehicles. Wow. And there's probably like a, you know, a little knowing a nod exchanged between Leo and the man that just saved him of, mm. you know, some closure, I guess, there between them. It's clear that. Um, Leo's not going to kill him. And, uh, and then, so the, the, he gets back in the car with Eva and Cassie and they go to the emergency room because now he needs treatment from his, his bullet wounds. Yeah. And, but it, it looks like he's going to survive. He's doesn't look mortally wounded. And then the credits roll and it's an America, the beautiful, like dubstep remix. Whoa. <laughs> so sick. So sick. That's awesome. <laughs> A real patriotic film for the 4th of July. For the 4th of July. Wow. Yeah. I thought wow. it was, it was, um, fun's not the right word, but I had a, a good time ish i mean it's it is like really devastating (laughs) and just like a a really effective it's an effective metaphor for the state of our country yes and so that part makes it feel you know less fun but yeah i think they're effective movies and very tense and stressful and and Mm -hmm, mm mm-hmm Yeah, and I'm curious to see more of them. I know that people, I think, like the third one even more than this one. This might be one of the franchises that gets better as it goes, because a lot of people did Uh not like the first one, even though I did, because I I love A Home home Invasion, and I love Ethan Hawke. But but yeah, I feel like it, from what I could tell, seems like people like it more as it goes on. And so I'm also very curious if a, if a sixth one happens, if that'll be good. Yeah. It does sort of seem like a premise that can just keep going and going. Yeah. And like, there's a lot to explore within it. And so I feel like, and it's all about like just having good characters. And I feel like Leo is a really, um, 
kind of fun character. He's kind of like, he reminds me of John Bernthal as the Punisher type of thing, a little anti-hero, mm. which is fun. And I feel like he's in most of the rest of them as well. I know there's one that's a, that's a prequel. There's one called the first purge. And so it, it goes to the, you know, inception, the creation of the purge. And so I don't think he's in that one, but I think he's in the rest of them and I liked him a lot and I'd love to see more of these resistance fighters and mm-hmm. Edwin Hodge. I'm sure further ones go more into that. Yeah. That would. Yeah. And maybe they, maybe they, maybe Lakeith is in another one. Yeah. Maybe. I wonder. And I don't think Michael K. Williams is, but maybe he is. God, I love him. I miss him. Mm. What a fucking yeah. phenomenal actor, man. He is so great. <sighs> but yeah, so that's yeah, there it is. The Purge Anarchy. God bless America. God bless America. Yeah, no, I don't think he is in any of the other ones. It doesn't look like it. Hmm. Hmm. Well, I'm glad we got a little glimpse of him in this one. Yeah. Short and sweet. I'm sure he only had to work a day. <laughs> oh, I love that for him. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I'll say that our next episode is our 200th episode. It's really crazy. Which is so wild. And I realized I did uh, that. So this episode comes out on July 5th, which four years ago, July 5th, 2019, was the day this podcast was conceived. The idea wow. of this podcast was born on July 5th. The day of the big earthquake. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. Second of two big earthquakes that weekend was a real, cra- was a real crazy day. And um, it's just really wild. Yeah. Four full years, 200 episodes. Really wild. And we're going to do something a little different for our 200th episode. So stay tuned. Hope you stay guys tuned. like it. <laughs> Really hope really you guys like, like it. it. Really hope you like it. Um, we're gonna all be together, which will be really very fun. Yeah. Um, love an in-person recording. What a treat! Mm. Mm, what a treat! And huh, no voices. Let me think. Hmm. I could do it to the tune of "America the Beautiful." <laughs> I think that's exactly right. Yep. Let's do it. From all of us here at Too Scary Didn't Watch. It's going to just end at a weird goodbye. (laughs) 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 I love that. Hi, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Too Scary Didn't Watch. If you enjoyed the episode, please remember to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you really want to make our day, you can rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. You can also follow us on social media at TSDW Podcast. We are on Instagram and Twitter. And if you want even more content, you can become a patron at patreon.com slash TSDW Podcast. We will be back next week with a regular episode. We love you a lot. Bye. That was a HeadGum Podcast. 